Hello and welcome to another episode of um, Coffee Corner Radio. Today with uh, two guests, um, Holger Bruchelt from Microsoft and Christian Lechner, um, SAP Mentor Alumni. And uh, what's the name of your current company? Minosphere. Minosphere. So our topic will be uh, Microsoft and SAP Embrace. Uh, was that the correct name, uh, Holger, from marketing perspective? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, I hope so, yes. Yeah, um, actually, so we are all three more from the technical uh, side, I think, uh, of, of uh, yeah, all the whole topic. Um, I think there's also a big uh, business side in it right now. Um, and the partner alliance uh, machinery is starting to, to work on, on that topic. But uh, we will focus on, on the technical topics today. And uh, yeah, Holger, you as Microsoft employee, can you give us a, a short overview of what uh, Microsoft embraces? Sure, certainly. So um, just to um, look back, I mean, this... SAP has started with this Embrace um, project uh, or whatever you might call this, I think um, over over a year ago already, where it was really to um, look how SAP can work with the different hyperscalers. So AWS, Google, um, Alibaba and, and, and Microsoft. And it was just really going away from the subcloud platform NeoStack towards Cloud Foundry, obviously, to, to really embrace uh, the, the, the hyperscalers with their bigger scale with their, um, yeah, all the investments that all the hyperscales are doing in the, in the infrastructure. So it was really, um, how can SAP more broadly adopt um, the, the hyperscalers, I would say. And then um, I think SAP saw a lot of very strong feedback from customers, um, especially uh, to, towards Azure as, as well. I mean, um, Christian, you know, at DSAC as the German SAP user group, um, They had some surveys where it was very clear that Azure um, is uh, top of mind for a lot of German customers. But similar SAP, I think, um, had also queried among their um, customers, their top customers. And there also was was the feedback that um, I think two thirds of their top, I don't know, 200 customers, I, I might be getting the numbers wrong, were also looking at um, SAP and Microsoft. So I think that's when in October, last year, so October 2019, um, SAP and Microsoft announced this Embrace partnership, which basically, and, and there's really this, this press release from, from SAP where it says that um, Microsoft would be the preferred cloud partner um, going forward and, and this would all be part of Embrace. So I think this is, first of all, the, the history. And in the end, what, what SAP and Microsoft are doing in, in, in this context of Embrace is to focus on um, yeah, how to bring customers um, faster, quicker, easier to, to S4, obviously leveraging um, the SAP Cloud Platform. The SAP Cloud Platform plays a huge role in, in all of this. Um, we're focusing on the so-called reference architectures, where we're trying to help customers to understand how they can use SAP services with Microsoft services, how they can bring all of this together. And then lastly, um, how we can engage and work with partners um, to, to make all of this happen. Because obviously SAP and Microsoft, we, we can only do so much. Um, 
most of the work I would almost say is done really by by the partners who are um, working with the customers all the time who know um, the landscape at the customers in in all details and um, so that's why this embrace is not only about SAP and Microsoft but it's really all about um, um, the partners um, so that we can jointly go to the customers and can jointly help the customers to yeah um, realize some cool um, SAP and Microsoft projects there in the end. So um, there's a long history uh, between SAP and Microsoft, and uh, there were also some very famous products in the past. Uh, so let's uh, talk about Duet, and uh, we had the uh, gateway for Microsoft. Um, I think from the idea of of this products, it was always good to bring those two worlds together. Uh, but it in the end, yeah, I would say none of them were successful in the end. Uh, sometimes because of technical issues, but most of the time maybe also on, on uh, marketing stuff. Um, so is that the the final try of SAP <laughs> and Microsoft to to uh, bring the both worlds really together? I, I don't know if, it, if it's the final try or um, if this is now really working out. But I mean, you know, I've been working with Duet um, from from the very beginning. Basically, I was still at SAP at that time. I was really driving. Um, uh, the whole duet project um, on, on the SAP side. And I was really, really convinced, and I'm still convinced that the the idea, that the concepts of duet um, make a lot of sense. I mean, this is really, uh, as an end user, I honestly don't care if the data is coming from the Microsoft side, if the data is coming from the SAP side. I have a certain job that I need to do. And I, give me the tools, give me give me the, the application so I can do it. So I think um, that, that was always the idea that um, with Duet, we give the customers the best of or the, 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 the information that they need. And I think with Duet, there were a lot of things that were simply not there yet. I mean, look at authentication. Um, at that time, there was no SAML standard um, or with Duet Enterprise, it just came up. But, but this was something where SAP and Microsoft really sat down and worked on this for the very first time. Look at OData. There was no OData. So it was really complicated. We really needed to look, how do we get the data from SAP to Microsoft, from Microsoft to SAP? And I think that's where we are right now in a really, really different situation. Um, customers don't need to install a Duet server or a um, role management server or a Java stack or whatever just to get it working. Um, if you look at some of the things that Christian has done already with, with Azure Functions, integrating Azure Functions with um, SAP services, you don't need to install anything. You, you just um, spin up a service or you activate a service. You, you can rely on open standards like OData. You can do authentication using SAML and OAuth. I think we are now in a completely new world there, so to say, where, where it's much, much easier to, to bring these things together. And I think a lot of things that, that we are doing with Embrace now is to um, simplify and find certain ways. So, so there are hundreds of options how you can do an SAP and Microsoft integration. But I think the, the things that we are doing with SAP, Microsoft and the partners is really to look at, well, what are these best practices? How can you bring these services better together. And, and obviously also identify some gaps and, and work on these gaps to to, um, to fill them. 
So I really think the idea that the spirit of duet is still there. It's still um, extremely relevant, but now we have just moved on. We have a lot of different tools. We have a lot of different services that you can use um, to, to bring these services together. So same same concept, same ideas, but now um, different solutions, but different possibilities that we have, I would say. Yeah, I fully agree because I think the, the times have also changed since Duet. So where where's the focus of the customer? Where's the focus of the of the partners? Getting away from a purely well functional perspective, getting all the the one hundred thousand functional requirements done to to getting a, a streamlined experience within the office. And I think there is a lot of things that has happened since then. Also, uh, not only at SAP but also at Microsoft, embracing kind of open source. So I think now Microsoft is quite a front runner. Uh, which make this integration much easier, as, as Holger mentioned. So that's that's something that I think is very very important. Uh, I think one one key aspect of that partnership now is also that SAP and Microsoft and Microsoft was actually the 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 one who started that initiative is the OData protocol, where those two companies are the main contributors, as far as I know, still I think. Yeah, yeah. I, I think um, both SAP and Microsoft are chairing, or whatever you you call it, hosting or leading um, the the OData specification. I mean, if you look at OData v4, a lot of very very crucial things came in from the SAP side. A lot of um, enterprise requirements um, um, are part of um, OData v4. Um, I know that SAP and Microsoft, the the, the colleagues there, talk a lot about um, yeah, how to improve the OData specification, but but exactly. So, so this is something where you can also beautifully see how SAP and Microsoft are working together on these topics. Okay, and th then the, the second pillar is that SAP just said, okay, we, uh, yeah, we trust on the hyperscalers for our SAP cloud platform and stop running our own environments. Is that the another pillar of that whole story? <laughs> well, I think stop running their own environment is not completely the case. Um, so I think uh, yes, uh, SAP is still well, from a strategic uh, point of view for for SAP Cloud Platform. I, at least I expect that um, the neo environment will sooner or later be gone. Yeah. So I think if you look at from pu purely from an investment point of view. Um, and I'm not only saying Microsoft, I'm, I'm also looking at, at the other hyperscalers, but the sheer amount of money that the hyperscalers like Microsoft are investing in infrastructure, just building out data centers is something that is certainly not the core business of SAP. I, I've always said um, building out data centers is not core business of SAP. Building business applications, that's, that's where SAP is really strong. So I think this combination then that you're saying, well, SAP is really, really good in, at building um, business applications, um, ERP and, and, and whatever solutions, um, and leveraging at the same time um, the scale and the availability of the services from the hyperscalers. That's a beautiful match uh, where, where really both parties can win and, and the customers can win. When, when all of a sudden, not only um, I can consume services out of a few data centers from SAP, but all of a sudden I can consume services from all the hyperscalers, from from all the the regions that are available on Azure. I think we have now 
and this is just uh, Microsoft, I think we have almost 60 different regions in the meantime where we are really um, available across the globe and, and potentially these regions are available for SAP customers, not, not only to run their SAP workload. So we see a lot of customers that are really just doing, that, that are starting with the lift and shift, that are just saying, well, um, on, on, on the Microsoft side, we have these um, SAP certified virtual machines where you can run your, your workload. So they just pick and choose a, um, a region that is close to them, and then they, they run their SAP system on this. But then potentially also with subcloud platform now, and, and also other, um, SAP SaaS applications that you can just pick and choose potentially a region that is close to you. So you have low latency, maybe you have some security requirements or regulation requirements that the data has to be in, 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 in your country or in your geopolitical region or something like that. So I think that's where this combination of the business application from SAP and the infrastructure from hyperscalers, from, from Azure um, can make a lot of sense. Yeah, so we were we started to already mainly talk about SAP Cloud Platform, but uh, just to mention, uh, it's also of course possible to run your S4 system on Azure. SAP does, uh, Microsoft does that that as well. Microsoft is a very big, big SAP uh, customer, uh, I think at least, and maybe that's also somewhere where it started. But uh, Christian, uh, you already uh, worked a lot with the both worlds at least if I trust my Twitter and LinkedIn timeline. <laughs> there was some, some noise. Uh, what are noise. your experience? <laughs> yeah, so me and my team, we are, we are now focusing on, on um, bringing together the SAP and the uh, Microsoft world on, on different levels because the Embrace program, you already mentioned two, two ways. So we have the lift and shift part where we put our workloads into the, the hyperscaler, which is an option that you have, but it's not well obligatory to do that in order to benefit from the combination. Um, and we then kind of took the low hanging fruits, let's say it that way, and integrated the Microsoft 365 uh, universe with SAP. Because there are a lot of scenarios uh, like um, workflow scenarios, like um, schedule scenarios, like fetching some basic data from SAP and bringing it up in Outlook in Excel uh, with, with a small add-in, which makes the life much, much easier of the clerk, of all the customers. And that's not a, a 100,000 man day uh, project, but uh, really benefits the customers. So that's something that we looked into. And we also looked into, um, well, what's called side-by-side -side extensions. So how can we extend it side-by-side? Um, which is depending on the customer, what do they want to do? And um, our experiences, as, as was already mentioned, um, Azure is a quite, quite stable foundation in order to build those cases. And also the Microsoft ecosystem, like the graph API that there is available in order to integrate the stuff. However, it's not all um, well, rainbows and unicorns. <laughs> so <laughs> there are still some gaps when it when it comes to integration. There are still some some funny things that you stumble across when you uh, look into the details. But that's that's what you expect. But from my you perspective, you also need some challenges. Yeah, of course. <laughs> it would be super boring if everything works. Yeah. Yeah. Um, if it's just plug and play, so. Yeah, yeah. It's, it, if it works like it's documented, it's, it's <laughs> it can't be. Oh, that's true. Um, 
No, but it, it's a it's a very very stable foundation from my perspective, and as we have also done a lot with with SAP Cloud Platform, so so no bashing of SAP Cloud Platform, but um, that's a different foundation working with Microsoft Azure than working with SAP Cloud Platform, to be honest. So it's it's um, much easier to bring the stuff together. It's uh, the well documented, and that's something that we we really appreciate, and that's why why there is some noise on LinkedIn and Twitter, because mm -hmm. it's quite um, easy and fast to bring out those use cases. So that's that's really uh, something that also my, my team has a lot of fun doing that. Yeah, um, my team also built some showcases uh, together with Holger in, in the past already. We, we combined some uh, yeah uh, services from SCP with, uh, with Azure. And um, yeah, it, it's really cool to have the choice uh, to combine it. So in, in our case, we usually took the, the UI stuff from SAP because uh, we are yeah, interacting with uh, usually with SAP customers who are used to Fiori, for example. But uh, in our use cases, we uh, also used the the um, yeah the artificial intelligence uh, image recognition services from Azure, and yeah, they they evolved over time, and that was just cool to have the. Uh, possibility to combine those two worlds uh, within one one app and and uh, yeah the user doesn't even see or feel that there is uh, some yeah break in the vendors mm. underneath. Yep. Yeah, mm. and uh, as Holger said, they do not care. So it's they, they want not. to get their their business value. They want to get their their jobs done, and they do not care if there is some political engagement, if that's UI five or or whatsoever. So. I mean, as, as a former product manager for the subcloud platform, I obviously <laughs> have to say that I think there, there is a huge value add in the subcloud platform. Um, and, and if I look at some of the concepts, some of the services of the subcloud platform, I think um, you, you can really use it um, to, to your advantage. I mean, um, if you look at the CPI, the cloud platform integration services with all the iFlows, um, yes, you could do this with Azure. Um, you could create a logic app or whatever and, and connect an S4HANA system to uh, to your success factors or whatever. But honestly, why would I do this? Um, SAP provides me with, I don't know, how many thousands of iFlows that are pre-configured so I can just do use this. If I want to send my taxation information to the, the authority, to the government, um, well, there's an iFlow for this. So, so I think... Um, if I only look at CPI, for example, there, there is already a huge value add. If I look at the concept of the destination services, I mean, it's it's very small, but but it's super powerful what, what you can do with this. Um, and again, I, I wish sometimes that Azure had, had a similar concept there. So um, that's also an area where I think um, there are a lot of fantastic things. If I look at um, the, uh, the, the enterprise messaging that is coming there, um, where you can really listen and, and um, react to events in your sales cloud or marketing cloud or a C4HANA system, that, that's beautiful. If you look at the, the concept of the CUP, the um, uh, cloud, 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 <laughs> cloud programming model. <laughs> so. Exactly. So, so um, 
I, I, I'm currently currently there's this open SAP course, and you know that I, I'm not a super good um, developer, but but I, I really enjoy um, the the open SAP course that is currently running, or or all the blocks that DJ and 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 Max uh, are are doing there. There there are some really really cool features um, that SAP has in um, in in the subcloud platform that you can leverage there. For me, it's really bringing these these best of both worlds together. Um, so I, I really love the, the the blogs and tutorials that um, Christian has has written around Azure Functions. How you can really um, use Azure Functions to um, yeah to 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 work with SAP data. And now think of scenarios where you can combine um, a CPI um, with Azure Functions, for example, or or where, where you can leverage other uh, the taxation service on on sub cloud platform. I and mean, Azure doesn't have this, so where you can really um, take a lot of really really cool value adding services on the sub cloud platform and extend them with services on on the side. And then when you go to a customer, yes, there are customers that are maybe more Microsoft focused, Microsoft minded, and there are customers that are more SAP minded. So I think it's, it's really about being able to help these customers um, with, um, yeah, with providing them both tools. And and if if we have partners like both of you, Martin, you, you mentioned, I, I'm still super happy with the cognitive leaf service or, or the fruit checker um, that we have developed way before way before the whole embrace um stuff where we where we showed or i mean mainly you showed um the, the customers what you can actually <laughs> <Tobias do. showed. laughs> yeah yeah true true yeah where, where, where tobias showed how you can actually um leverage some cool features on the sub cloud platform and where you can enrich this with some cool features on on azure and i think that's for me really this 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 value add that we can in the end bring to the customers yeah, as you said, especially when it comes to business content. So like the, all these outflows, all this this e-invoice stuff, for example, all the taxation services and so on. I think there is really the, the big benefit and this is where I think SAP should focus on. So it's yeah, not about, actually, about technology, it's about the, the business content where, where that Microsoft does not bring to the table. Why should they? It's not there that tough. Um, but that's something where, where both worlds can really interact and, and uh, complement each other. Mm. I think the the refocusing of uh, sub cloud platform was was really a, a bold move into the right direction because uh, in the past I uh, there yeah there was not the space anymore to compete with the hyperscalers on on platform as a service offerings uh, for me SAP was still in a very small niche there. Um, and yeah, to, to roll out another IoT service and all the other stuff, um, that market was already gone. Only some SAP shops uh, were buying that services, I'm quite sure. Um, all the other customers said, okay, that's too expensive or not not ready yet, or the others are yeah, way, way, way faster, whatever. Uh, and now with that refocusing on the business technology platform, as they call it, I think that makes it much clearer where where uh, SAP Cloud Platform has its added value. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And and also the extension offerings. So if you take a look at the, yeah. the extension uh, factory, uh, the, the serverless runtime, the Kima runtime that came out, I think this week or, or end of last week, which I really last like because Kima is, is really uh, one of the, the greatest things I think SAP has built in the last years. 
from from a perspective how to extend solutions in a in a very easy in a very um, integrated way. Although they are not using Azure Functions for serverless, which is <laughs> not that, but it's okay. It's the no, next I, I, thing. Yeah, but but I think that's exactly the point. Um, things like the extension factory, they, they are really, really powerful concepts that um, are beautifully integrated into the SAP world. And I can um, use this to, to extend my, my applications. Yeah, and in the end, it doesn't matter. So Kima is is is, is leveraging Kubernetes um, underneath. I think if, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Yeah. And in the end, I as a customer, I, I would argue I, I don't care where my Kubernetes cluster is running. I expect if I if I need to build something on Kubernetes, I it has to be stable, it has to be scalable, it has to to work. But the the value the the added value that SAP really brings in is these extensibility concepts that I can easily um, connect to my sales cloud or that I can easily connect and extend then my S4HANA system or whatever. And, and then um, customers, partners can build on this. So I think that's 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 for me really, instead of just providing, look, there's a technology, there's another Postgres database that you can now use on, on sub-cloud platform. There, there's no value in this, but yep. the extension, that that's where, where the real value is. And I think that's where really SAP is Focusing more and more on to uh, yeah to, to really bring the value to the customers, and and they focus on open standards. So that's from my perspective super important because Kima is really building on open API. It's building on the CNCF messaging um, or eventing uh, standards that are coming up. So that's something that you then do not only need to integrate with with Sales Cloud to make mm -hmm. it work, but if if Salesforce or some other uh, solution respect that standard, use that standard, you can simply integrate them. So it's so no longer this closed shop. SAP mm. is getting rid of not invented here, <laughs> 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 which was very common in, in, in Waldorf in the past. Um, I think uh, another key aspect of uh, SAP Cloud Platform is uh, right now that uh, SAP is also focusing on the integration of the different uh, products which have a very different technology platform as they acquired uh, many of them in the past. And so at least from my perspective, you see uh, that the products get more stable because it's eat your own dog food what they are doing at the, at the moment. They use it for the integration between their products as well. What do you think? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think, um, I, um, honestly, I mean, if you look at the, the integration topic, it has been on SAP's plate um, for, for years now. I think there, there were lots of different DESAC conferences when um, this topic brought up. But but I, so when you look at um, what Christian Klein presented there and, and the overall messaging, I at least have the feeling that now, like you said, now they're, they're really taking it seriously. They are understanding what the issue is and they are really focusing on on, on working on these integration topics. I mean, we all, I think all of us know or all of us who, who know a little more the technology also know that this is not something that can be changed in a week. Um, so so there, there are lots of acquisitions and there are a lot of different um, products from SAP. There are a lot of different teams within SAP. There are a lot of technologies that are being used. So I think um, this will take some time to, to get the, 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 the perfect integration, let's call it like this. 
but at least at least I have the feeling that um, SAP is now really taking this seriously, that they really have understood that um, that is an issue and SAP needs to fix it and they they have tools there, they, they have um, um, teams that, that are, at least it, it looks like this for me, that they're really working on. So so hopefully over time we will really see that there, there there is a change. And if you look, the integration advisor or some other really cool tools that are available now that really help customers in um, explaining and, and, and guiding them how an integration should look like and um, yeah, so so I think, uh, at least from from my personal opinion, I, I really think that um, SAP has has understood um, that they need to change something there. Really, they're investing there, and 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 hopefully over time we will really see um, the improvements there as well. Uh, I hope so too for the customers. And I think there was there was also quite some pressure because yeah. now with with S four with this change. Um, a lot of customers kind of make a, a, a review. What do we have? Can we go on in that way? Does it make sense? Uh, and how much mm. money do we, we do we literally burn in integration projects that add no business value? And that's something that they they simply understand that buying some product from from one brand from one um, company that they do not interact seamlessly. I mean, it's the same with Microsoft. If I wouldn't be able to to integrate uh, Teams with uh, SharePoint or something, I would say, nice job. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah I can go to Zoom. <laughs> then, then I use Zoom or Slack or I don't know. Yeah, yeah. but that it? that's one one of the points that they really add value, um, and where they have to to have they have to fulfill some homework that they still have. Yeah. Yeah. So, but. Uh, not only SAP adds value, also SAP and Microsoft adds value or add value with Embrace. Um, so we, we talked about partner initiative, about the technical stuff, but uh, yeah, what else is in for the customer at the end? Well, in in, in, in the end, I think um, or one of the feedback that, that we heard also from, from customers was that it's, it's not... There are too many options how to do different things. Um, so, and you so give it, guidance. Exactly, <laughs> and and I think that's that's exactly what what we also want to do. That um, in in the past the situation was often so that um, SAP goes to a customer and pitches a certain story, then Microsoft come in pitches a similar story but with different tools and different approaches, and then the partner comes in and pitches yet another um, approach. All of these approaches might make sense to, to 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 some extent but i think one of the things that we want to do as part of embrace is really to be able to go to a customer and talk to the customer with one voice um so so that's for example why we have these or why we are working on these so-called reference architectures where um um we sit together so microsoft and sap we sit together um we work with um partners we work with customers to create best practices, um, these reference architectures. So ideally, um, we can go then to a customer and tell them, look, you, you want to integrate Teams with your S4HANA and SuccessFactor system? Well, perfect. Here is a guide how you could do this. Um, it's not, you don't have to do this, but um, this is a guide where SAP, Microsoft and partners sat together where we, where we looked at how do we solve single sign-on across these different um, um, tools? How do we make sure that it's secure? How do we make sure that 
um, you can monitor and operate these these environments. So these best practices are really something that we want to give to the customers, to the partners, so, so that in the end um, we we can talk to the customer in one voice. And I mean, it's not the idea is not that you need to do this one to one. That this is the the, the reference, and now I have to implement it exactly like um, what is written there in the reference architecture. But it's a guideline it's a recommendation that customers can follow to do this kind of implementation i think um we we have quite a lot of projects already running so i think this is really resonating extremely well where very often we we start with these reference customers uh, sorry reference architectures with a discussion within the customer and then new ideas from the customer come up and new requirements come up but we have this this red line that we can follow and um, that really helps in the whole implementation of, of these integration projects with the customer. And there's all, also one level below, right? The, the market approved journeys, right? So where you really specifically then target um, industries, specific solutions that are have very different requirements. So I think that's then even more, more focused on, on giving the customer guidance, for example, in health insurance, for example, in banking or something like that. Absolutely, uh, absolutely, and and th 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 these market-approved journeys. I mean, th these are these are set first of all of purely SAP-focused scenarios, right? Um, so hire to retire, or for the oil and gas scenario industry, or whatever. And now what we did is we we try to enrich these uh, market-approved journeys with um, Microsoft uh, Microsoft flavor, basically. So so right now, what is really interesting, um, thanks to COVID nineteen. Um, obviously, Teams is um, everyone talks about Teams, and yes, other video conferencing tools as well. But we have a lot of customers that, that are saying, "Well, I have my SAP system now. All of my employees are working um, remotely. We have Microsoft um, um, 365. We want to use Teams. So, can we integrate Teams into success factors? Can we integrate Teams into my S4HANA system? Can I link the OneNotes that I create in a team meeting? Can I link this to my CRM um, information in, in, in C4HANA? So all of a sudden we see um, a lot of these kinds of integrations. We have customers that are um, um, using Power Automate, that, that, that like to automate um, incoming stuff in, in your OneDrive or in events that are happening in, in Outlook that they want to link these events with CPI, for example, to uh, cloud platform integration services to get this data into your, your S4HANA system. So these market-approved journeys, or with these market-approved journeys, um, we, are, we are really looking at scenarios where um, we can enrich existing processes um, that, uh, yeah, where, where, where Microsoft technologies can, can bring a, a value to these scenarios. I mean, look at success factors. Um, um, today, I actually don't know um, how it is if, if I um, would start at a company right now. Um, maybe they're all in lockdown. So I would assume interviews are done all remotely now. So wouldn't a Teams integration in success factors make a lot of sense now that you um, take notes and these notes are immediately stored in success factors? Then um, you, you, you track the changes and stuff like that. So I think that there are a lot of new and, and this is just uh, teams integration but there are a lot of new ideas thanks to COVID-19 that um, a lot of companies rethink the way how they um, work with their employees work with um, with their customers and and I think that's um, also part of these market approved journeys that we just look how, how can we bring additional value 
to the existing scenarios that yep. we have from SAP. I think that's quite important for customers because they they have those processes in place and maybe they're not happy or in most cases they're not happy because there are some some breaks in between as you said for example if you look at the hiring process a lot of stuff is done still probably on paper mm. writing down the notes during the interview and so on and yeah so covid definitely if there's if it's one thing it's good for it's digitalization i, I think that's true. <laughs> yeah, there's that. Uh, I saw that tweet several times. Uh, yeah. Who is driving? Is in, in your company the CEO, the CIO, or COVID nineteen? So <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, if you see, or if you are looking for positive things in those times here, so that's definitely one I see as well. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, okay. I, I think we we. Uh, Christian? Yeah, that's also a, a quite interesting topic that, that Holger brought up because now we, we can also see uh, there will be some overlap between services of SAP and services of Microsoft. So that, that will be, from, from my perspective, interesting how that works out. So starting from, as you said, uh, automation. You have the yeah. Power Platform with Power Automate. You have the uh, IRPA, I think it's called, yeah. uh, which kind of are the, work on the same ground. Yeah try to solve the same same problem. So it will be interesting how this works out and how how SAP and how Microsoft will position their offerings in that area. I think uh, an area where it's even uh, more interesting is the whole analytics space because they are very, they are, yeah, the competition is a bit harder between SAP and, and Microsoft in this and, space, at least from my understanding. Analytics <laughs> cloud versus Power BI. Yeah, I, yeah, I had a call yeah. today on that topic. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah but, but, but I would say here um, it's a lot about choice. Um, so right now I'm working with a customer where the customer clearly said, I want to use SAP Analytics Cloud. Um, so so that that's given. But then we come to a discussion, well, um, where's the data? So they have an IoT scenario with big data. And they were also saying, well, for IoT, I want to use Azure IoT. So I also want to use Azure Data Lake um, to, to have the data there. So it's all about how can we connect SAP Analytics Cloud with the Azure Data Lake. Then I have another customer that says, well, I want to use Power BI, but I also want to use the HANA Cloud. Um, so, so how can I connect Power BI yep. with SAP HANA Cloud? So I think it's, it's not that yeah, I mean, yes, there, there's definitely competition. Um, no, no question about this. But I think um, also as part of Embrace, the important thing is that we provide customers with two reference architectures then. One yeah. reference architecture that says, well, your leading BI tool is SAP Analytics Cloud and will just help you to, to connect SAP Analytics Cloud to also non-SAP data sources. And then there's another reference architecture that talks about, well, you have Power BI, but you want to connect to SAP data sources. And I think that's um, where we're working on, really with customers behind this, to make sure that we can provide these reference architectures. So the next time a customer comes up and says, well, I want to use SAP Analytics Cloud, that we can say, well, look, here is a best practice. Here's a guide that is um, from SAP and Microsoft, and this shows how to connect SAP Analytics Cloud um, with an Azure Data Lake, or, or the other way around, obviously. Yeah. I I would also vote for that because that's yeah that's that's how customer reality is. So yeah, that's true. It's not black or white. 
yeah, sometimes it is, but uh, the the flavors yeah. are always different. <laughs> it depends on the level. If it's sea level, yeah. it's <laughs> it's black or white, and it's getting grayish down the way. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I think uh, that we talk quite a while now, and uh, I think we we all three could talk for hours about the, those technical uh, topics, as as I know us. Um, but uh, yeah. Uh, I think we we should make it a wrap, otherwise uh, people will get shocked if they get the episode on their podca uh, podcast player if it's uh, too long. <laughs> uh, thank you very much for uh, joining me this evening. Um, despite the very good weather here in Germany, at least in Stuttgart, I don't know how it is in uh, near Waldorf and, and in uh, Bavaria. Also beautiful. <laughs> sunny, sunny blue, blue sky. Yeah, here as well. Um, so thank you very much, uh, Christian and, and Holger, for joining me today. Uh, thanks for thank having you, me, Martin. Thank you.